Hello and a very warm welcome once again to the Nightlight Podcast. Well, I recently posted on this channel a reading by popular request of the first and second books of Adam and Eve. And then a few days ago, Robert Mantelbaum sent me a copy of The Life of Adam and Eve, which is another ancient book that tells the Adam and Eve story. And Robert is with us on the program today. We have a guest tonight on Nightlight. Robert, I've now found out that there are actually a lot of versions of the Adam and Eve story. There's the Latin life of Adam and Eve, the Armenian penitence of Adam, the Georgian book of Adam, the apocalypse of Adam, just to name a few. First of all, tell us about the life of Adam and Eve. Out of all the Adam and Eve books, why did you choose to send me this one in particular? Well, this particular one is by the uh early Jewish writings is considered the most accurate of all of them. Now, I'm going to tell our listeners right from the start, this is a pseudopiographical book. It's not part of the Bible itself, but there are uh, many pseudopiographical books, such as Enoch and uh, Jasher and Jubilees, which have a great deal to offer. That's right. But what I'm going to present, as you mentioned, is another piece of the puzzle. And the listeners can take this for what it, what they want to take it for. We're just merely presenting something that shows a reason for Satan's hatred of mankind. Well, that's a very interesting question, Robert. I never really thought about that. Why does Satan hate mankind? Is there a good reason? Well, we all know that Satan hates mankind, not just Christians, but all the monotheistic religions, you know, Judaism and Islam. Right. And why is it that Satan does hate mankind so badly that he is intent on destroying man? Jesus himself said, except those days should be shortened, no flesh should be saved. So we put together a a little uh, information concerning this, and we're going to call it, uh, let us make man according to our image. Okay. But before we start, I want to give our listeners a couple of verses to think about as we go into this. And the first verse is from Hebrews 1.6. And it reads, And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him. And our next verse is 1 Corinthians 6.3 and says, Know ye not that we shall judge angels. I want to say the Old Testament verses that I'm presenting in here are from the Septuagint which was translated from the original Kone Greek, which I think I've said in other programs. Yes. But it is considered the most accurate of the Old Testament versions of the Bible. And Kone Greek was, in fact, the Greek that Jesus and his disciples would have spoken at the time. Interesting. I don't know if you want to include this or not. The Hebrew of today is not original Hebrew. The original Hebrew was called Paleo-Hebrew, and it had no resemblance to uh, modern Hebrew. Modern Hebrew is a made-up language. Paleo-Hebrew was more a pictographic language, and it was what, what was spoken at the time, although uh, Rome controlled the world at that time, Greek was still very widely known, and a king called King Ptolemy in 270 BC, as I say, the Hebrew language dying out, and he called 70 to 72 elders of different tribes of Israel, brought them to Egypt, and had them translate the original Paleo-Hebrew into Kone Greek. And Kone Greek means the common Greek. Actually, uh, Chris, some of the books that you talked about, the different ones, they're different interpretations of the same book of the life of Adam and Eve. They're not all different. They're just different translations. I see. I'm going to start with uh, the introduction here in Genesis 1, 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man according to our image and likeness. 
and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the flying creatures of heaven and over the cattle and all the earth and over all the reptiles that creep on the earth. And God made man according to the image of God and he made him male and female. He made them. That's Genesis, again, Genesis 1, 26 and 27. So I'll go into this uh, little reading on the uh, book of Adam and Eve. And the book of Adam and Eve, uh, you mentioned several different names of it, but actually many of those are the same name, but translated into different languages and are the same book. I see. So I'll just give you a little background here from uh, some Jewish writings on the book of Adam and Eve. It says, The life of Adam and Eve, also known in his Greek version as the Apocalypse of Moses, is a Jewish apocryphal group of writings. It recounts the lives of Adam and Eve from their expulsion from the Garden of Eden to their deaths. It provides more detail about the fall of man, including Eve's version of the story. Satan explains that he rebelled when God commanded him to bow down to Adam. This is one of the key sections here. According to the book of Adam and Eve, when God created mankind, he commanded the angels to bow down to man. Really? Satan explains that he rebelled when God commanded him to bow down to Adam. After Adam dies, he and his descendants are promised a resurrection. According to the life of Adam and Eve, it talks about Christ, uses the name Christ, and talks about the coming resurrection right there at the beginning. Wow. The ancient versions of the life of Adam and Eve are the Greek Apocalypse of Moses, the Latin Life of Adam and Eve, the Slavonic Life of Adam and Eve, the Armenian Penitence of Adam, the Georgian Book of Adam, and one or two fragmentary Coptic versions. So these are all, as I mentioned earlier, these are all the same book, but in different translations. Right. These texts are usually named as primary Adam literature to distinguish them from subsequent related texts, such as the Cave of Treasures that include what appears to be extracts and the Testament of Adam and the Apocalypse of Adam. While the surviving versions were composed from the early 3rd to 5th century A.D., the literary units in the work are considered to be older and predominantly of Jewish origin. The dictionary says of the many books attributed to Adam, the most important are the Vita Eva from the early Jewish writings, which is the book of Adam and Eve. The reason I've chosen this one, uh, if you will, Chris, if you, if you will, after I introduce this a little more, just read from the book itself. Sure. The following translation of the life of Adam and Eve, which is in English, of course, is from the Apocrypha, and pseudopiographic of the Old Testament, and it's translated by R.H. Charles, and it was translated in 1913. R.H. Charles, if you're familiar with his translations, he's a very, very reputable translator of Jewish documents. Yes, in fact, almost all of the apocryphal books, like the books of Enoch, Jasher, Jubilees, and others, were translated by R.H. Charles. So the fact that the life of Adam and Eve was translated by him says a lot to its importance as an ancient writing. Yeah, and the listeners may be interested to know that this was translated, did I mention in 1913, over 100 years ago? Yes, you did. I have found, anyway, in my research, that you get your best translations, English translations, from those during this time or the 1800s, because they were closer to that Paleo-Hebrew than uh, today. I mean, many, many people do not even know that modern Hebrew has no relationship to Paleo-Hebrew. If Moses were to walk the earth today, he would not be able to even read modern Hebrew. Amazing. Okay, now the part we're going to ask you to read, Chris, it covers uh, chapters 11, verse 2 through 16, verse 4, and then an additional quote from chapters 26 and 29. So if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and read that, please. And just to let you know, listeners, the chapters are very short, just a paragraph or two each. And I'll cut and paste the text under the description below so you can read along if you want. You're right. It's Nightlight. 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 
And she, Eve, cried out and said, Woe unto thee, thou devil! Why dost thou attack us for no cause? What hast thou to do with us? What have we done to thee, for thou pursuest us with craft? Or why doth thy malice assail us? Have we taken away thy glory, and caused thee to be without honour? Why dost thou harry us, thou enemy, and persecute us to the death in wickedness and envy? And with a heavy sigh the devil spake, O Adam, all my hostility, envy, and sorrow is for thee, since it is for thee that I have been expelled from my glory, which I possessed in the heavens, in the midst of the angels, and for thee was I cast out in the earth. Adam answered, What dost thou tell me? What have I done to thee? Or what is my fault against thee? Seeing that thou hast received no harm or injury from us, why dost thou pursue us? The devil replied, Adam, what dost thou tell me? It is for thy sake that I have been hurled from that place. When thou wast formed, I was hurled out of the presence of God and banished from the company of the angels. When God blew into thee the breath of life and thy face and likeness was made in the image of God, Michael also brought thee and made us worship thee in the sight of God. And God the Lord spoke, Here is Adam, I have made thee in our image and likeness. And Michael went out and called all the angels, saying, Worship the image of God, as the Lord God hath commanded. And Michael himself worshipped first, then he called me and said, Worship the image of God, the Lord. And I answered, I have no need to worship Adam. And since Michael kept urging me to worship, I said to him, Why dost thou urge me? I will not worship an inferior and younger being than I. I am his senior in the creation. Before he was made, was I already made. It is his duty to worship me. When the angels who were under me heard this, they refused to worship him. And Michael said, Worship the image of God. But if thou wilt not worship him, the Lord God will be wroth with thee. And I said, If he be wroth with me, I will set my seat above the stars of heaven, and will be like the highest. And the Lord God was wroth with me, and banished me and my angels from our glory. And on thy account were we expelled from our abodes into this world, and hurled on the earth. And straightway we were overcome with grief, since we had been spoiled of so great glory. And we were grieved when we saw thee in such joy and luxury. And with guile I cheated thy wife, and caused thee to be expelled through her doing from thy joy and luxury, as I have been driven out of my glory. Well, that was very interesting, Robert. It certainly explains the root cause of Satan's hatred for human beings. Yes, absolutely. It gives a reason for the hatred that Satan has towards mankind because he would not do as he was instructed to do, which was to bow before man and instead rebelled and as a result was cast out of his glory and cast down to earth, although he still has access to the throne of God, and he lost his position, so to speak. Yes. So Satan despised Adam and he despised all his descendants 
for his expulsion from glory, and from that time forward he set about to destroy mankind which God had created in his image. Now this is an important uh, point, the image. We are the image of God. Mankind is the actual image of God. The question is, could God actually have asked Michael to command the angels to worship Adam? The image of God is the Lord God has commanded. We believe this could very well have been the case, and if this is true, this would put a much greater emphasis on the importance we play in God's creation. See what you think. Any Bible verses to go along with all this, Robert? Yeah, I do have some. We're going to start with uh, Exodus 20, verses 2 through 5. It says, I am the Lord thy God who brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods beside me. Thou shalt not make to thyself any idol, graven image, King James Version, nor likeness of anything. Whatever things are in the heaven above and whatever are in the earth beneath, and whatever are the waters under the earth, thou shalt not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I am the Lord thy God, a jealous God. Now to explain this a little bit, we are made in the image of God. We are God's image. In the Old Testament, you can read throughout the entire Old Testament, demonic deities that the pagan nations worshipped, they always represented these demonic deities with images. That's right. And to destroy the images in the heathen nations was tantamount to attacking their god. They wouldn't put up with it. That's right. I'm, I'm trying to draw the connection here that the image is an actual representation of God, and in attacking the image... You are attacking their God, and we are the image of God, and in attacking us, they are actually attacking God themselves. This is why Michael asked the angels to bow down before mankind, because in bowing before the image, they were bowing before God. Wow. This is what Lucifer defied doing. You can see the connection between the Old Testament idols and the true God and what these images represent. Yes. Of course, in the New Testament, especially the book of Revelation, said that the idols could neither see nor hear nor walk because they were false gods. But to the heathen, they represented their God. And in worshiping the idol, you were worshiping their God. And in the angels, worshiping mankind, the image of God, they were worshiping God. And this is why Satan despises mankind, because he refused to bow when asked and lost his place in God's heaven. Well, that's very interesting. It's something I certainly never thought of before, that just as the wicked worship Baal and other demon gods, they worship them by worshiping their images, the angels were to worship Adam as being not a stone image, but a living image of the glory of God. Exactly. Let me just read you Hebrews 1, 6 that we started off with. Let me read that again. And again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world, he saith, let all the angels of God worship him. Hebrews 1.6 says it clearly. So is that talking about Jesus, the first begotten into the world? Many uh, theologians who do research into this area interpret Hebrews 1.6 as being Adam, the first man created. As it says, and again, when he bringeth in the first begotten into the world. Right. According to uh, John chapter 1, it says, Jesus was the beginning of the creation of God, and all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So it was actually God through Jesus that created Adam. That's, uh, that seems to be what that verse in Hebrews 1.6 indicates. Yes, I see. Like I say, people can take this for what, what they want to do, but it does give a concrete reason why Lucifer despises and hates mankind. 
Like a candle in the night, it's nightlight. Of course, Robert, we know from the book of Revelation that there is also going to be an image in the last days, an image set up by the Antichrist. Is there a connection? Well, there certainly is. And there is really strong circumstantial evidence that this belief could very well be true. And I'll just read you something from the book of Revelation, which many of you might be familiar with. Okay. This is from Revelations 13, 11 through 15. It says, And behold, another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him, and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonder, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, now listen to this, that they should make an image to the beast. Right. Which had the wound by the sword and did live, and he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause it as many would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So the correlation here, I think probably you could see it. In the beginning with Adam, God wanted the angels to bow down to Adam. Lucifer refused. What is the last thing that's going to be happening just before the second coming of Jesus, according to the book of Revelation? Lucifer, Satan, is going to make an image and try to get man to bow to that image, or he will not be able to buy or sell. Satan has new, new ideas. He is copying, in the book of Revelations 13, what God did at the beginning of creation in hopes to destroy mankind through worshiping his image rather than him worshiping the image of God. It's what happened at the beginning. And it will be the same thing. In worshiping the image, you'll also be worshiping Satan. That's correct. Yeah, Satan doesn't have any new or original ideas, and he's trying and attempting to duplicate what God did in the beginning, which he refused to partake of. It's, it's very similar. And I'm just going to read another uh, few verses here out of Matthew 25. Then shall the king say unto them on, a, on his right hand, Come ye, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer, now this is uh, the Lord, of course, speaking. And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Once again, showing the importance of the image of God. When the king said everything that they had done, they said, When did we do it? In doing it to others, we're doing it to God. Wow, that's right. And I've, I have just a couple more, uh, one more verse here, or a couple more verses, and then uh, we'll just close this up. This is 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 1 Corinthians 15.49. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you? And remember, the Holy Spirit is a third part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us. That's right. Which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. And 1 Corinthians 15, 49, Just as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. 
Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's 1 John 3, 2. And then I just have a couple of footnotes. you have anything else you want to add at this time, uh, Chris? No, that's all very clear, very interesting, and something I'd like to meditate on a lot more. I'm just going to close now with just a few words. Uh, that Satan, in attacking mankind, the image of God, is in effect attacking God himself. Yes. And this would seem to make our importance in God's grand plan much more important than many of us may have believed. Remember, we are going to judge angels. Wow. I'm going to just say a little bit about those verses. And that's from uh, 1 Corinthians 6.3. But the two verses before that say, Dare any of you having a matter against another go to law before the unjust and not before the saints? Do ye not know that ye shall judge the world? Uh, Paul is telling that what, what apparently was happening here is the uh, Christian brethren in Corinth, if they had a dispute, they were taking the dispute before the unsaved, the unjust. And uh, Paul is correcting them and saying, don't you know that you are even going to judge angels? How can you take your case before the unjust? Paul almost, uh, it almost seems like an afterthought. The most important part of those first three book verses are don't take your case to judge one another before uh, the unjust because you're going to judge angels. And this seems like it was very, very well known at that particular time. But today, how much emphasis, if any, is ever put on the idea that the saints, the saved, are going to judge not only the world, it says, but are going to judge the angels themselves. That's right. And I'm just going to add one last point here. A friend and colleague of mine, Johann Peters, I knew him very well in India, Unbeknownst to me and unbeknownst to him, he did a whole track on the same subject, uh, covering the same material in a track that he produced. I didn't know anything about that, and he didn't know anything about what I had been putting together. So there's two people, I don't know if you want to count it as two witnesses, coming together over the, uh, the same topic. So you can take this, do with it what you want. Personally, for myself, it gives an important answer about Satan's hatred for mankind. Robert, maybe you could close up by summing up the reason why you're so excited about this, which is why you you asked to share it on this show. What is the significance of this? Why are you so excited? The reason I'm excited, and I've, I've given this to a few people, and I got one response back that said, this changes everything. And what changes is how important we are to the overall grand scheme of God's plan in the world and in the the universe. I found it very inspiring, very uplifting, and very encouraging. The uh, people I shared this with also found it very uplifting and, cur- and encouraging. And I don't know if I should use the word importance, but how I can't think of another word to use right now, but how important we are in the grand scheme of things. So see what you think. God bless you. Hope you enjoy it. And listeners, just to say once again, we're not teaching doctrine here. We're just exploring possibilities. What do you think? If you have any comments, you're welcome to share them below. And so that's it for this time. This is Chris Glynn signing off. And I look forward to being back with you again very soon for another Nightlight Podcast. God bless you. Bye-bye.